Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Right. Happy Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. So before we dive in, I just want to first apologize. This is my first show of the week because it was a bad week for my guests getting sick. So we didn't have a show Monday. We didn't have a show Tuesday. We didn't have a show Wednesday. And my 11 a.m. Eastern time show today was out sick as well. <laughs> so this is actually my first show of the week. So I apologize for the delay because I don't want to get on and just randomly talk. So figured we, we will wait for today's guest, and I believe he's going to be worth the wait. But first, this is episode number 208 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, Robert B. Foster. So again, I usually don't do it at this time, but you know, you got to make got to make adjustments when, when you find people that you really want to talk to. And so if you're brand new, if you join me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you join me on Facebook, please like and share. And let me share a quick little bit about myself, and then we'll get going. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting, and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what you're passionate. It starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again all that stuff I was like you know what like I want to be able to take this even bigger if you know why you do what you do you have to know how to charge for what you do that's how you're going to change your life and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family you gotta know your work So for today's teachable moment, so I've pieced together the, my next six people for the next all-star panel. So now it's not these six. These guys were in the last panel, but this is the graphic that I used to display them. And so that next panel is going to be on February 19th. And it's all about self-love and how to love yourself when the world may not love you. Right, so that's going to be a powerful, powerful topic. And again, I brought six of my form, former guests are coming back to tackle this one. And they're all dynamic people, dynamic personalities, and they're all very heart-centered people. So that's going to be 
one heck of a panel. So mark your calendars. It's February 19th. It's a Saturday. It'll be from 11 a.m. Eastern till about 1.15 or so. And uh, that definitely, if you struggle in the self-esteem, self-confidence, self-love departments, that's one that's definitely going to open up your eyes. So, all right. So now it's time to bring on my guest. And I got to say, you know, I can sit here and I can read the bio and all that other stuff. But I just want to say he showed up with a Spartan shirt on. That right there tells you everything. So people who know me, you guys know I'm big into Spartan races. I bring my clients to Spartan races. My kids do them. Like my oldest daughter does them with me. And we can do an entire episode on how Spartan racing translates into everyday life. But for now, we'll just talk about the the intro, you know. So we'll, we'll, we'll start the intro talking a little bit about that. But first, welcome Hike to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Rob. Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for having me on your show. And uh, you said the first show of the week because of everybody's getting sick. Yeah. Same thing on my team. Everybody got sick back to back to back. So I'll yes. do my best to make sure we have a good first show of the week. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So I know I said good morning because you're off on the West Coast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Washington State. It is 11 a.m. Okay. Washington State. All right. Are you originally from there? Uh, no, I'm actually born and raised in Armenia. Okay. Uh, we moved to the United States 20 years ago now, even 20 years, um, uh, between LA, Oregon, but most of my adult life has been here in Washington, Seattle. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, we're definitely going to get into, into the, the Armenia talk. Cause I remember from our, our last conversation, like the, the real bulk of your story is, was in that, that transition. But first and foremost, you know, we got to talk about the Spartan shirt, man. How'd you get into Spartan racing? You know, I wasn't planning to wear it. I woke up this morning and I'm looking at my drawer. And, and by the way, my wife hates the Spartan shirts. She loves that I do Spartan races, but she's like, your entire closet is Spartan <laughs> and race shirts. You yep. know, to me, I'm like, you know, if I can earn it and if I can make it look good, to me, that is worth more than the Gucci, than the Versace, than anything else out there, right? So to me, exactly. I, I, I wear a lot of these race shirts with pride. Uh, and, you know, it does strike a conversation. It helps me inspire. Sometimes it helps me to just recruit people into the race. I don't get paid for yes. it, but I know it does a lot of good things for people. So, uh, yes. yeah, I've been a hardcore Spartan fan. Um, you know, I got into it as a fun thing, you know, maybe five, six years ago just to do it. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that if you ask me to describe myself, I'm very competitive. So I got super mm -hmm. into it. Uh, last year, I had my best. I, I came in seventh in my in the, in the spartan race so this year my goal is to try to rank in top three nice. uh one of my goals is to come in in the podium um i didn't think i could uh but with a lot of the cardio i've been doing recently my speed's been picking up i've been losing a lot of weight so i'm in a in a weight bracket where i think i might be able to keep up with some of those top guys so that's the goal mm -hmm. this year so i'm a very proud spartan member here so and i have like 20 shirts so i keep on wearing them on, ro on rotation <laughs> i love it it's, yeah see what people don't realize too is that each one tells a story like i'll put i'll put up a, a, a glimpse of my my spartan walls nice you know, well just my obstacle race wall like i have my tough mother wall i have a wall of all spartans and i have a wall of local races and it's not so much to say oh wow look what i did but it's like yeah. i can look at each medal and then there's a story that goes into each one like i think back to my first spartan race now i had done a couple other ones i think i did a warrior dash i did a couple local ones they were kind of easy and so I went into that first Spartan kind of cocky. <laughs> I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush this race. And it was very humbling. Like the other races I did, I mean, there were some little hills. And this one was just like steep, 
up, steep down, steep up, steep down. Like every obstacle was like physically taxing. Mm-hmm. So between that and the hills, like it was, it was brutal. Like I, I skipped a few obstacles. I, I didn't do all of my burpees. And, but I, I look back at that medal and like, and it's humbling. Because you know, mm-hmm. like some people say, if you don't do everything, you shouldn't you shouldn't take a medal. But it's like I took that medal as a sign of the ass kicking that I took, mm-hmm. and the fact that my training needs to go to a different level for me to compete in this race. Right. So, so when you did your first one, what was it like for you? You know, actually, my first one was a tough mutter. I saw okay. you had a tough mutter shirt too. Yeah, that got me into it. And then one of my friends was like, you should do Spartan because you can actually compete. I'm like, ooh, you said compete. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> so, um, said the C word. <laughs> it was, it, you know, uh, it was very humbling. Honestly, you know, Spartan race came to Seattle and there was two events back to back. It was the Beast and then the Super. Mm. Uh, actually, it was all three. So I'm like, you know what? I'll do both in one weekend. So I remember I did the Beast on Saturday. Again, very hard. I couldn't walk home. I barely crawled into my car. <laughs> I went back home and my wife is like, are you okay? Are you hurt? I'm like, no, I'm not hurt. I'm just really sore. I've never been this sore in my life. Yes. And I mean, that 13 miles, that was, I mean, several hours. That was, that was harder than the marathon in my opinion. Oh yeah. Anyway, I remember in the morning I had to go do the super the next morning. <laughs> so <laughs> I rolled off the bed because of how sore I was and somehow managed to get in my car, picked up my friends, you know, they were doing their first one the second day. I did my first one the day before and then yeah. they're like, you okay, man. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. But I bought the ticket. So I remember I couldn't even stretch. And then the uh, second day, they started doing the route, the warm-up, the, you know, the jumps, and then the energy kicks in for some reason. All the pain goes away. And yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to walk the day. I ended up just going all out the second day as well. Then I of really couldn't walk for like two days after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really humbling experience. Was, you know, I was heavily into bodybuilding and just powerlifting. I was very strong. I was 250 pounds. Yeah. Very hard race for me. So I, I said, enough is enough. I'm going to do more cardio. So that got me into um, endurance races. I started doing more marathons and halves and, you know, triathlons. It got me into Ironman. So I think Spartan races will really got me to want to be not just bigger and stronger. I wanted to be healthier. And I realized yes. has a lot to do with health. And, you know, I learned that vascular is the most important thing out there. And I've lost a lot of weight. And but also this is the healthiest I've ever been. Not the strongest, not the fastest, but the healthiest. Yes. So I would say I owe it to Spartan Race that really humbled me up to really go back and look at my nutrition, look at my weight, look at my cardiovascular health. Uh, it changed my life. Like it's, you know, it's truly when people say, could it change your life? It can if you take it seriously. And it, it did for me. I agree. Like people ask, ask me why I keep doing it and why I keep doing it. Because like I've had multiple sur- surgeries. But the thing I like about it is that I like the challenge of it. But each one, especially when you do different different regions because like up here in the northeast there's a lot of mountainous races and then you know you go down south they're a little flatter but then you like i I did the one in florida in december and there was like swamp miles upon miles of trudging through this swamp water it was Mm. just such a different type of mental headache it wasn't even so much the physical part it was just like when are we getting out of this water not to mention there's alligators down here (laughs) so it's like you get these all of these things going through your mind but i keep doing them because it's it's a challenge it's like can i get through this and like i said said in my opening speech that it translates into everyday life 
Mm-hmm. You know, like if you want something in everyday life, what are you willing to go through to get it? So right. when I bring my clients through, through these races and they reach those points, especially in the mountain races where maybe they're brought to tears or maybe they're starting to cramp. And it's like, how bad do you want that finish line? And and they want it bad. Like quitting is not an option. But then I'm like, but why do you keep quitting on your dreams? Yep. <laughs> you know, it's yep. like if you're so committed to crossing the finish line, yep. why aren't you committing to reaching your goals in life? No, the addiction is real. I think yes. in, in many ways, you know, the word addiction is a bad word. But if you're addicted to the right things about his passing, I do it in a very, very gratuitous way, in a very inspirational way, in a very motivational way. You know, versus the sadness part. And the sadness is there. Do I miss the man? Of course I do. You know, but I'm, I'm also just just glad that he's not in pain. I'm glad he didn't suffer. I'm glad he didn't make it into 2020 because then he would have been alone and we wouldn't have been able to see him. We wouldn't have been able to have a funeral for him. You know, so I'm just very, very grateful at the way things turned out. So there's a lot of positive lessons there. And so even with going back to the woman who's who witnessed who witnessed the suicide, you would think, you know, there's nothing positive there. But at the end of the hour, it wasn't so much about what happened. It was about how she moved forward. That's where the positive lessons were and how she dealt with just the horrors of what happened. Like I like I couldn't imagine someone that I loved doing that. And so, but but that's the power in the story. So Ag, the more she told it, the more she got comfortable telling it. And it was giving me goosebumps just listening to her. So like, so don't think that your story is so messy that it can't be inspirational because that's so far from the truth. Because again, don't focus on what happened, focused on how you move forward. And then the last one, did, did I not make the fifth one? Oh, I guess not. So the last one is, who needs to hear your story? Right? Let me see. Let me write, write it in so it's on the screen. Right? It's who needs to hear your story. And so when I talk about the story of my knee injury, you know, like that's a story of overcoming an obstacle, you know, having the knee injury itself, you know, defying the odds, being told I would never run a jump again. And then who needs to hear it? Anyone that struggles with perseverance in belief. So so I can talk to athletes. I can talk to people who are coming out of a divorce. And you would think, how does a knee injury and divorce correlate? You'll be surprised. They do because they both take steps to healing. You know, so that that's the power and the beauty of storytelling is that they all intertwine. You know, yes, there's different levels of pain. There's different levels of hurt. But the journey to healing is the same. You know, so when you learn to tell your stories, you know, so me learning to walk again is just like someone coming out of out of a divorce, learning to be single. You know, there's there's steps there, especially if you've been married a long time. Like my mother just posted t- today that she had to shovel shovel the driveway with with the uh, what do you call it with the snowblower, and she never had to do it. She's Seventy years old, she never had to do it because dad always did it. And you know, when we were younger, we always did it. Us kids did. So that's something that she had to learn for the first time. You know, so so there's steps. And when I first came home from the hospital, I had a walker. It's like I, I couldn't even use crutches. I had a walker. So there were steps I had to take to be able to get to where I am now. Coming off of, of off a loss, there's steps you have to take. Like I just said, with divorce, with leaving a long-time career, losing your job, or even deciding to retire, there's steps you have to take to adjust. So that's the beauty of storytelling. 
is that no matter how irrelevant you think your story is, that's not the case. Like your story is relevant, your story is powerful, and your story needs to be told. Because like I said, there's somebody right now that's just sitting around in just a cloud of doubt and a cloud of just non-belief in hearing you tell your story in a powerful way can help set that person free. So that's all I got for you for today. Have a great day.